this episode, we unravel the enchantment behind two remarkable Instagram hubs, the Sydney Sunrise Club and the Sydney Sunset Club. Carmel, Charmaine, Karen and Vaz are the current moderators of two of the most popular Sydney photography hubs. The Sydney Sunrise Club captures the city's awakening, painting iconic landmarks with the first rays of light. The community shares the magic of Sydney's dawn with Instagram users, showcasing the beauty of the early hours around Sydney and its surrounds. The Sydney Sunset Club embraces the twilight hours, enveloping the city skyline and harbour in a warm golden embrace. This community shows off captivating sunset captures across the Sydney region. In this episode, we dive into the stories, inspirations and experiences of the moderators behind these hubs. Explore the magic that unfolds when a city's iconic moments meet photography. Sit back, relax, and let Sydney's sunrises and sunsets captivate your senses. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, ladies. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? Really good. We're great, Grant. Excellent. Great for to have almost all of the Sydney Sunrise Club with me. Why don't we start with you, Karen, and that you can tell us a, a little bit about yourself and why you do what you do and what it is that you do, and then we can get into talking about the Sydney Sunrise Club a little bit more in depth. Okay. Instagram brought us all together, but photography obviously is the first thing that brings us to Instagram. I think I got into photography when I was really young, was really interested in it, but not to a point where I was into all the technical stuff. Yep. I finally got interested more into it because I started an Instagram account when I got my first iPhone. And okay. through that, I noticed that there were groups of people that would get together for Insta meets. Um, and I went to one of them down at Cronulla and that way I met a few people and then I did a workshop on photography with my iPhone, mm -hmm. then I bought a camera, then I made more friends and it be started to become a huge part of my life. Yeah. Uh, and then I was asked, invited to join the Sydney Sunrise Club and the Sydney Sunset Club as a moderator. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a whirlwind ride ever since then. I've been involved with the clubs for probably eight years, I think, seven or eight years now. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically where I, and I really enjoy landscape photography, particularly sunrise, sunset, more on the coast. I also enjoy photographing my dogs. Cool. So there you go. Thanks very much. How about you, Charmaine? So I guess for me, I got into photography, what, only about five years ago. Like I always had a camera, I took it away. I used to always say to people that my camera's capabilities far exceeded my own. Um, I only pretty much knew how to use auto, uh, but always loved photography. And about five years ago, I got to a point where I work in an industry that's quite stressful and I needed something to offset my stress. So I chose photography. It's like my meditation. I don't yeah. think about work when I'm taking photos. It's just a great escape. And then, then obviously everyone you meet while you're doing your photography as well, you should create this whole new group of friends and it just creates this whole new world that's separate to your stressful work life. And I always started taking out, taking wildlife photography and seascapes and oceanscapes. And you know, these days I, I've got dive housing, surf housing. I'm in the water in summer, flying a drone above the water in winter because uh, I might not like to be in the water. Uh, but, yeah, so for me, oceans, seascapes, wildlife. But, yeah, with all the toys. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes for a very heavy backpack when traveling. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to make those decisions going, what lenses am I taking? What can I really pack and carry on? Do I fly business so I can get the extra weight? But yeah, that's me. But yeah. How about a new Carmel? Oh, I, I'm, I go back a little bit further. I'm an analog girl. And I've got photography through a boyfriend. And I never actually held the camera until after I broke broke off with him. But I got a lot of ambient information from it. I found out he was TAFE and, and was a working photographer. And I, when I finally got a camera in my hand, I realised I actually did learn a lot just by being around him and being going on his his different assignments and things like that. Now I just fell in love with it. And I ended up uh, working in industry too. I worked for a company that Kodak eventually took over. And I was in the developing side and some of the early pro labs in North Sydney and then moved into retail management and then eventually into Kodak head office where I was the buyer for okay. um, the retail arm of Kodak. And then I had kids <laughs> and uh, Kodak wound up. I had kids and really put the camera down, mainly because I wasn't in control of the image anymore and I didn't like handing over the negs to other people where previously I've always been able to do the whole thing and I just didn't like the quality of was getting back and I just I lost all interest in it as just the clicking and had kids and then as the kids got older again the phone came in and then eventually I went bought myself a digital camera as well and back into it yeah, cool. <laughs> and about four years ago I was and, and it, it's the adventure of photography for me I, I, I like the adventure of photography you never know that would you <laughs> <laughs> we often joke about needing to put a GPS tracker on come so we always know where she is. And yes. floaties when she's near the ocean. <laughs> I was invited to the Sunrise Club about the Sun Clubs about four years ago and it's just been such a lovely fit. And and I didn't realise how social photography could be because back in the analogue days it used to be a reasonably solitary experience. So this is not something I was expecting at all. And mm. it's been such a delight, not only meeting the girls but also meeting the wider community out there. Absolutely amazing and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately there's one member missing, Vaz. Karen, I think you were going to talk a little yeah, bit about so her. And I met Vaz in Cronulla because that's where she spent. She was living there when I first met her. Vaz is famous for her seagull photography. Definitely, and yeah. She just makes friends with the seagulls wherever she goes. And she's now got a house in Tasmania. So she mm. spends a lot of her time down in Tasmania and she couldn't make it back in time for this but she's still very much involved in the clubs because she obviously gets, she's one of the moderators and gets to yep. choose photos and feature them on the clubs. And whenever she's in Sydney, we get together. We miss her while she's down in Tasmania. <laughs> but lifestyle choices. She's made friends with the seagulls down in Burnie. Yeah. And that took a while, didn't it? Yeah. That it was yeah. very clear the difference. The seagulls weren't used to her, but now they are. Yeah, yeah. A bit standoffish down there, were they? Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like in Tasmania. You'll live there a while before you're a local. Yeah, yeah. You're not, <laughs> exactly. well, if you're a mainlander, you just don't fit in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she spends most of her time down in Tasmania now. But we're yeah. very happy to still have her as part of the clubs. 
So let's talk a little bit about the clubs, the Sunrise and Sunset, well, Sydney Sunrise and Sunset clubs. How did they start? What was the impetus for starting them? So I believe it was some Instagram friends who got together. They were friends through Instagram, a couple of ladies, and they, I guess around 10 years ago, hubs were really popular and yeah, they were yeah. a great way for photography or for photographers to be featured and to get their name out there and to get their photography out there. And mm. there wasn't anything really local. It was all overseas. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the yeah, hubs. Ten years ago, it was very much sort of US and Europe centric. Yeah. So these ladies got together and they started the Sunset Club first. Mm-hmm. and it proved quite popular. So they also started the Sunrise Club not long after that. So they've been going for about 10 years. There's been a lot of people, different people have been moderators on the clubs. Yep. We're the current ones. I think we've lasted quite a while too and varying numbers of people because it's quite a commitment. You're not just running your own Instagram. You've got to be on top of the clubs one as well. Yeah, so that's how it started. Just a couple of friends thought it would be a good idea and it's gone from a few hundred followers. Actually, now that I think think about it, one of my, the the way I got involved in it was one of my photos was the first sunrise photo featured on the sunrise. Yep, inaugural sunrise photo which was a real shock and ended up it's quite an honour. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, it's been going for a while. It's had its ups and downs and as it does when you get people from different grant backgrounds mixing, but we seem to be perfect fit for each other. We're all very different, but we're, we just fit so well, don't we? No, it's, it's yeah. fun. I, if, if, if Instagram shut off tomorrow, I am sure we would, yeah. We'll be friends there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> in running it, talk me through. You you mentioned it's obviously a little bit different to running somebody's individual account. You've got to look at there's two clubs, the Sunrise and Sunset Club. So you're looking at the hashtags and uh, trying to find the shot of the day. I guess is that all there is to it, or is there more to it? Because I know you do Insta meets. I know you do a, a lot of other community stuff as well and so talk to me a little bit about how that it all works you're looking at me <laughs> i know it doesn't have to be you <laughs> basically we we have we have hashtags and that gives us permission if someone uses one of our hashtags on in their post it gives us permission to use their photo or to feature their photo not use it we don't use it we feature it yep or they can tag us i'm not going to go into the technicality of that but yeah. we've got four hashtags People can go on to the club and find out what those hashtags are. If you use the hashtag, it's giving us permission to feature the photo. So we basically, we each have a day that it's our day to do a feature. So you go through the hashtag, your tags to find a photo that you would like to feature. We're very much looking for new photographers Mm -hmm. more than we are looking for people who are really well established. More established, yeah. We try to do a balance between established photographers and people who are new to Instagram, but we're very mindful that we love to feature 
new photographers on Instagram and we're looking for different as well. It's very difficult around Sydney. For example, Sunset is obviously over the city. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to find different there's, perspectives. There's a lot fewer Sunset places in Sydney than you might think. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, there's some if you know where to look. But yeah. yeah. So that's your day is basically going through all the hashtags, looking for those photos that are worthy of being featured. Obviously, we're not going to feature stuff that's not going to look good. And we're very mindful also of how it's going to look in our grid. Yeah. We want that to be looking good. So we prefer photos that are in that square shape yeah, rather right. than photos that have a frame around them or photos that are in the landscape mode. Yeah, so right. For anyone that might be listening to this, Pay attention to that. We really prefer that. Sorry, I'm just going to add no, that. Let's go. Um, <laughs> when you say square, people think only the one by yeah. one. But okay, no more. It also means no more. Uh, four by five. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was like, oh, I'm going to get that wrong. Is it four five or five four? I was like, I oh, will just say portrait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. Portrait five by four, four by five, something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so we do have a preference for that. And I guess just adding to what Karen was saying, as you mentioned, we go through the hashtags, find an image that we love, whether it be an emerging or a current one. But we do have all these little like rules that we have for ourselves. So we'll see if we feature somebody, we usually won't feature them for another couple of weeks because we just want to make sure that we're obviously not. Yeah, yeah, month or depending on whether it's an emerging or a new. Sure, sure. Yeah, so we try to give a a gap so we're not featuring. Yeah, you don't want the same faces every day. Yeah. No, exactly. And behind the scenes, if we get tagged, that means there's a lot of DMs that we'll go through, Mm -hmm. usually respond to people in those DMs. And then obviously you feature them in the grid. You then also make sure that you post to your story. These days, obviously, there's more conversations happening around reels and how we promote reels as well and those sorts of things because obviously as people change their habits, we need to move with those habits. Mm -hmm. Another little admin thing we have to do is make sure that we are featuring a sunrise on a sunrise and a sunset on a sunset <laughs> because people do, they are two different clubs run by the same people, the sun clubs, yeah. but uh, quite often somebody will, because they're you know, copying and pasting the hashtags, they'll, they'll uh, do a sunset unusually and just post the sunrise club and we have been known to go, oh, some, one of us will go, that wasn't a sunrise, Carmel. <laughs> You're talking to me, Carmel. It's very helpful to tag, right, because as volunteers, they're the sort of things that you get all prepared, you've decided that's the one at the last minute, you realise you've got to start all over again. (laughs) And then double-checking, you actually do tag the correct person because you can go through and say, oh, I like those five, and then you need to make sure that you actually tag the right person who's got that photo and... Yeah, there's a. The other thing, yeah, again, those little rules that we do for ourselves, if, if we just posted one of, of Catherine Hill Bay, we'll try yeah. not to do Catherine Hill Bay yeah. for a little while yeah. or the Opera House. Or, so you could have a fabulous shop, but just by dumb luck, we posted that yeah, shop. Catherine Hill Bay the day before. And, location. Yeah, you luck just out. Just to try to, yeah, again, it's trying to be as democratic and as even as possible, yeah, and not giving a location a particular edge. And then there's the Instameets, of course. And then there's the Yeah, the Instameets, that's where I met you uh, all uh, for the first time, I think. Would have been pre-COVID, 
probably about 2018 or 2019. I'm not sure which year it was, but I know you were very active with Instamates pre-COVID. And I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about how COVID impacted all of that and how you struggled <laughs> through some of that, but talk a little bit about how you organised them and what people could expect if they go and visit an Instamate. Oh, the first thing is pinning out a date, pinning down a date that we're all available. That's the hardest bit, I think, then it moves on pretty well after that. A bit, bit, bit like finding a date for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> checking for, there's something that we do need to get good at, checking for other events that are on when we pick our Instamate dates to Mardi Gras. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our last one was on Mardi Gras, which was a bit of a mistake. But that's all right. We still had, what, 15 people there or something. So that's it was still good. It wasn't too bad. We all, we really enjoy it. It's just those logistics of getting it together and, yeah. But anyway, they we come away from it really energised because everybody who comes are just so amazing and you just realise um, why we do this is, is to support the community and the community, yeah, it feeds us. So it's really There's really a lot of people out there, probably like myself when I very first started, very nervous of approaching photographers at popular spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can be very insular because there are there's photographers out there that don't want to talk to anybody. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But you want to learn more, and the best way to learn is from other photographers. Absolutely. Or to get yeah. your inspiration from other photographers. So the Instameets give some of those people who don't really have any connections a chance to connect, and we've found that it's been we've got quite a We've got a marvellous community out there mm, that mm. is just directly as a result of having Instameets for the clubs. Organising the Instameet, once we've got our date, the organisation is it's pretty smooth. There's not a lot to do other than announcing it. We do spend a lot of behind the scenes sending people messages. Yep. We like to try and get personal invites out to as many people as we possibly can. And we tend to approach those people that are always hashtagging us. Yeah. And yep. so everybody is in, anybody who sees anybody it, yeah. and the other thing I think that is really important, I think, from a, it doesn't matter if you're taking photos on an iPhone or a $10,000 camera and that you've mortgaged your house on, it really doesn't matter. We're all into photography and everyone is welcome. Sometimes yeah, we I have mean, to that... taste the joint too to find yeah. out whether there's good coffee oh, there. <laughs> Yeah, that, I was going to say that's one of the most important things is that the the breakfast afterwards. I am one hundred percent sure. Worth turning up for. <laughs> the sunset thing. Yeah, it is really a community hub, and without a doubt, I am sure most people come. They can always go and take a photo wherever we are, but they can't always get together with a whole lot of people who have got the same um, hobby, and that just it. it, it the energy on those socialise at the, the coffee or the pub afterwards is fabulous. It's really yeah. good. Remember the one we did in the city where we did one but Circular Quay and thankfully mm -hmm. all the cruise ships were, were coming back in um, and we had an amazing turnout and then we were all spread out and then other photographers are going, oh, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera, and then you chat to them and then all of a sudden they've just hitched a ride and then they meet people and then they're joining you for breakfast and coffee and it's just it's really amazing. dynamic. It's amazing. Yeah. That was yeah. incredible because I think there was like 40 or 50 of us that converged on a cafe at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning and they couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I, I, that for that one, I was the person just because of, of, of where I was the person who was trying to find the, the coffee shop, 
and you've you got to look. You know, the coffee shop's got to be big enough to take forty, but you can't you can't guarantee them forty. So it's a real. Sort That's of, the thing. You're not sure whether you're going to get ten people or a hundred no. people. No, so it, it, <laughs> that, that is. But it, it, it somehow it's all come together. It's always worked. Always come um, But it's an awful lot of fun. Yeah, fantastic. So talk to me about how COVID impacted all of that activity because I know, having been to a few of those Instameets, that it was really vibrant and lively before then mm. and then all of a sudden everything's locked down. How did you get through all of that and what did you do to keep the community spirit alive? Mm. Well, it's sort of a, it was you're right because it really affected everything not just the instruments which obviously as we said we thrive off and we love that community but yeah, yeah. it was even just the the photos that people were taking and the, the hashtags and the drop in those sorts of things and yeah we had quite a few conversations around how do we do what do we do how do we manage this we would do more throwbacks because we obviously have had lots of images and then you go back and as Carmel said, there might have been two great opera house shots. We're not going to feature two in a day, et cetera, feature on those sorts of things. And then I thought you were going to say something then. That's okay. I even preempted it this time. I was like, Carmel's <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> it must be time. <laughs> um, I actually quite liked the variety in, in, in lockdown because people were taking photos from their backyards. Like they couldn't access the opera house yeah, and um, yeah. we were getting photos we are a very a, a beach-based uh it's the sunrises yeah. and we we're getting them from all over sydney or the or the southern highlands or wherever your people were living or newcastle yeah. and i actually quite the sunrise through the frangipani tree or the coming in through there so i the variety i thought was endearing that people were still loving their their photography and seeing the beauty which is i think what all us photographers have in common we have this ability to see the beauty and if, if you're locked down then there's still beauty there to be found i, I sort of found that quite so lovely even posted about it and said hey get creative and i think yeah. remember we might have posted like five suggestions on things that you can do if you can't get out to your local places mm. yeah, yeah exactly consider your house mm. you know what's the sky like etc what's your daily walk like take mm. the photos and post yeah. those it doesn't have to be of the big fancy thing you can still express yourself without having a, a showcase showstopper as such yeah um, absolutely and i think also not long before covid we had expanded our borders when we all first came on board we only did sydney yeah um, right. we might occasionally go as far south as Coldcliffe, but we officially expanded our borders to Newcastle, Hunter Valley, Blue Mountains, Southern Highlands, and then all the way to Kiama. Mm. So that gave us more. Yeah, we had more to choose from, which was good. And we've had a lot of really good photographers come on board. Did we have someone at our last Instamate or an um, Instamate that travelled from Newcastle? I think we did. I yeah, we did. We yeah. Did. so we actually have talked about it, whether we eventually get around to it, having Instameets in Newcastle and the Blue Mountains and then down Wollongong nice, yeah. Way. Yeah. And if we could, because obviously I spent half my time on the Central Coast, I could yeah, do Yeah, Central Coast. <laughs> it's falling in now. <laughs> yeah, and the Instameet side, obviously, we really missed that during COVID yeah and then it was really hard as well coming out of COVID because then you would have the oh we're on our way out oh hang on no there's another lockdown so there yeah, were some... like 
yeah, we planned an instant meet. Then we're like, okay, hang on, no, we have to pull that back. It's a bit too early. There's another wave coming mm. and those sorts of things. And then you, then I think we had one where people were wearing masks. So we were just making sure everyone, don't forget you can spread out, have distance between you. Yeah, yeah. we did yeah. also, because we are, again, trying to include everybody, we did make the decision, I think, not to open up until we properly opened up. So we weren't going to... It had to be open. It was the, because it, it got a bit political. We got a bit patient. Well, we didn't want to be in that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I can imagine. Yeah. And I think like everybody else, like our lot, everyone's lives changed over COVID and their motivations changed, their, how they got out changed. And that involves us and Baz moved to Tasmania. Yep. Charmaine spending time on the coast, which means it's even harder to get us all together. But um, we do still love it. It's just a logistic. It's just a still a logistic thing. But yeah. one thing that did happen during COVID is our numbers went up. We were one of the very few people that okay. we did quite well. And I think it had something to do with that finding your community and feeling comfortable. And maybe even the photographers that couldn't, let's say you were from the Southern Highlands and you can't post the Opera House, they probably felt a little bit more inclusive, included or somebody in the... Mount Druid or Hunter Valley or something like that. Everyone, it, it, even the playing field a lot, if you get my drift. Yeah. I don't know. I, that was my feeling on it anyway. Mm, definitely. There were benefits. Cool. <laughs> now, we yeah. still haven't quite gotten to the ramp up, I think, of what we had pre-COVID, though, for Instameets. So we do keep talking amongst ourselves about wanting to increase our number of Instameets that we have again. Because people really love them. And we love them. And they always ask, when's the next one? If, mm, when we get a round to organising yourselves. Seriously, <laughs> dates are really difficult, yeah. But anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Well, I know from my experience they're absolutely wonderful events and it's great, as you said, to talk to people, whether they're established photographers or people that are just starting out. And it's you, A, learn a lot, and, B, I think you, you get a lot out of that socialisation and being able to talk with people that, that have common interests. Speaking in the, about that, I guess I'm interested in how that collaboration and community building has helped your own creativity in as individual photographers. Mm. For me, that's a good question. I know. <laughs> that's why I asked it. Also, <laughs> I think that's interesting, actually. One of the things more generally about social media obviously is you're always basically whether you mean to or not you measure yourself against other photographers absolutely yeah when you look at people and go oh my goodness that's stunning why have i i go to this location i don't get anything that looks like that mm. and so then when you have insta meets and you have this broad group of people that some are really experienced and some that aren't experienced in a way it's a me helps sort of hit a bit of a reset button in a way and yep. you don't need to compare yourself, mm. et cetera. Like for Instameets, I don't even, sometimes I don't even take my camera, mainly because I just hover around and chat to yeah, people you know, and have a look at what they do. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to give some people some suggestions on what to do. Oh, yeah, don't forget yeah. the puddle bridge. Don't forget the puddle, the famous puddle. So if you're here, might be something that you want to try out, et cetera. But yeah, so it's, I like it. I think it helps balance me out anyway and reminding myself it's all a journey. Some people are up here, some people are down yeah, here. Yeah, and everybody's where wherever they happen to be on that journey. Nobody's all, or not everybody's in the same place. Yeah. yeah, 
But then, yeah, talking to everybody as well as you talk about the collaboration, you'll meet somebody and you realise that you both have similar interests and maybe your photography is similar or you both have a bunch of you have a location that you'd love to try out. So then you'd be like, hey, well, DM me, we'll organise something. And so then you have yep. all these splinter activities that will happen and those sorts of things and you just get to expand. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I enjoy meeting new photographers that I didn't even know existed on Instagram. Yeah. And following them and, yeah, you do get inspiration from the different styles of editing or different styles of photography. I find that helps for me. And I really enjoy seeing people come together you've never met before and they're different people and mm-hmm. here they are, they hit off and they end up being really good friends. I have never, ever it's seen any sort of inclination at those big Insta meets with any... It's just, you could round robin with everybody and everybody is just vibing off each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, the inspiration is almost in the emotions to me or rather than the photography in many yeah. ways um, because I adore that we all see the same scene differently. I think that's absolutely very cool. If anything, it also, like, validates if you're going down a different road. Um mm. Mm that's okay. You don't have to go down the same road as everybody else. Even if you could be two photographers you admire standing right next to each other with completely different views yeah. and they, you know, yeah. And then you get the inspiration. Like you'll mm-hmm. you peek over someone's shoulder and go, that's a fascinating composition. Never thought of that. That's yeah. amazing. Look at how that's going to turn out. Can't wait to see that you post that one. But yeah, so just seeing all the different ideas that people come up with, as you talked about, even everything from the iPhone to the expensive camera, just amazing to see what everyone comes up with at that one mm. location mm. can be so different. Yeah, it always fascinates me. You can get five or six photographers standing within 20 metres of one another oh, and they wow. all come up with something completely and utterly different. Yeah. That, oh, wait, actually, it's just reminding me, I used to be a rather singular photographer. I go out and photograph by myself and mm. I learned photographing with other people. It, it just opens up a, a completely different world. I love still photographing by myself that meditative thing that the Charmaine was talking about. That's still quite very special. But photographing with other people and standing shoulder to shoulder and coming up with completely different ideas is really inspiring. That's lovely. And it doesn't matter. And, and the fact that, or you, Charmaine, again, as an example, or, 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 or Karen and Vaz, no matter how, you can still whip out your phone and get an awesome shot too. Nothing is off the table. Everything is yeah. okay. And then you can all spend the morning yabbering away around ISO and Apple. <laughs> no one thinks you're crazy. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. <laughs> and if you're driving along with somebody, <laughs> and taking a photo is also okay. Look at that sunrise. Quick, come we'll pull over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's lovely. Everything about it's lovely. One of, one of the other aspects, I think, aside from the the community, is the sort of uh, the cultural and social perspectives that different people bring because mm. it's a fairly diverse group that turns up to the Insta, Insta mates that I've seen. And obviously on Instagram, you've got very diverse people and views and, and so forth. How do you think that has fed into the success of the, the clubs? 
Oh, I think that's huge. Quite frankly, I think, and I'll go, go more historically, it's an awful lot better now, but there was definitely a time when females particularly were not as accepted. And I will still find if I go to somewhere where there are other photographers and I tend to say good day to people and I totally accept not everybody will do tend that. To. You say hello to everybody. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I've been with a male photographer and they will always talk to the male photographer and they won't talk to me. And it is definitely getting better, but I, I think having something which has got an egalitarian mindset that the sun clubs have, regardless of gear, regardless of whatever, there are no, there are no provisos. I think that's helpful. I think it's really helpful. And certainly I know there are, yeah, so from a completely gender-based thing, the inclusiveness is nice. Yeah, I think adding to that as well, that we're quite proud of the fact that it's quite interesting. This Sun Club traditionally has had almost always females who run the club. We don't, we don't play on it, et cetera, but we do find it. Yeah, it's not overtly out there, but that's the way that it's all done. But what we're proud about is the fact that when we run Insta meets, we have a really balanced group. So Mm. we just have almost like a 50-50 split. We have this lovely balance of people and we have... I think we had one where we had a really young kid who was just getting into his photography mm-hmm. like he was like 15 or 16 yeah, and wow. then we'll have people that are remember the americans that we had yeah, from, yeah. from other countries um, oh, wow. and they were like way in the, the retirement age so yeah we just male female all the age groups um and cultures too yeah absolutely the different cultures that come along is amazing very good yeah and so once again the different tapes people bring light light gear and all those sorts of things so it's just it is it's, it's something we're sort of a little proud of we don't, I don't know and I guess it is also it comes down to again it's a community hub it doesn't work unless it doesn't work without the, the participants and it's very much a it's like a safe place yeah we all have a laugh as you've been to them so for us it's all about making sure we say hello to everybody make sure everybody feels included that no one sort of feels yeah. like they're up on their road we'll definitely make sure that no one yeah feels uncomfortable it's all about having fun and enjoying the experience and i think also in, in your photography journey i feel like a lot of people got their first feature from the sun clubs because of our attitude of finding new people and i don't know i think that might have something to do with it too the, yeah yeah and as you can tell we're always laughing <laughs> we're really looking forward to hearing the edit here we're going how do i cut that you've obviously shot around sydney quite a lot do each of you have favorite locations that you like to go to and they keep calling you back I know, Carmel, oh. you've got a few. <laughs> How do I narrow this down? <laughs> Cronulla's my favourite because it's close to home yeah. and it's got lots of options. An early rise. Cronulla. Yeah, that's, on that's that. a major thing. Coffee shops got a, the coffee shops in Cronulla open at 5.30. Yeah, that, that's a bonus. Definite bonus. But yeah, in winter, that's coffee before. <laughs> yeah. I anywhere coastal is my favorite yeah and I always think I'm going to set a goal to make sure I get to every single ocean pool this summer and swim in it but Mm -hmm. I haven't I've I've been trying that for a few years and it hasn't worked yet (laughs) for me it depends so I 
Definitely Bronte. Once again, it's close to me if I'm in the water. Because I'm not a surf photographer, I'm not a big fan of the six foot waves, etc. It's just like maybe when I was younger, but not now. So, <laughs> but so for me, being able to get into the water with my dive gear in ocean pools, I just really love that experience. Usually, if there's an ocean pool with a good view of a sunrise or a sunset, but Bronte's my go-to. If I'm yeah, using yeah. my drone, I'll do, for example, Maroubra is my favourite location. It's okay. really beach, usually has really, you know, really nice surf. And if you get down the south end early enough or you get other surfers, there's no one else down there. It's just yeah. perfect day. But yeah, eastern suburbs. But then obviously I spend a lot of time on the central coast now as well. But And I'm at the north end, so it's usually like Catherine Hill Bay. Yeah, once right. again, Taboon Bay and Shelley Beach. So, yeah, still once again quite coastal. Yeah, I'm still considering. <laughs> um, oh. Go on, commit, Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> balcony, her balcony. Yeah, yeah. the balcony. I, I think the balcony is that's becoming famous. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, you go every day. What's the weather like? We'll just check. Um, just the good morning or the good evening from Carmel. <laughs> I feel like I spam people, but sometimes I go, no, I'm not showing them that again. <laughs> I I don't know. I really and honestly, I don't. I, I, I like going somewhere different. Somewhere different is, is always really exciting, but harder and harder to do. The, the more you photograph, the harder and harder it is to find something somewhere different. As long as there's somewhere to scramble over rocks or get washed off the rocks, that's your go. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, yeah, I do like that um, <laughs> <laughs> just the blue mountains and the exploring yeah, there as well yeah. I, on the north side Tari, i really hurry Parramatta, yeah. yeah yeah it's just i like the fact that you could be anywhere there it's not a sydney beach it's a it's an anywhere beach and i love yeah. that and it's different uh, every it's, time it's you go changing I love that. Southside Cronulla, because of the social side of it, Cronulla photographers are very social. They're the most cohesive group, I don't know, <laughs> and, and the coffee shops are great. But, yeah, somewhere different would always excites me. And, and if photographing with other people uh, really excites me for somebody who quite likes being by themselves as well, I more and more enjoy photographing with other people as well. Yeah. yeah. You invite me along and I <laughs> <laughs> if you could retire at one of the places you've shot where would it be say that again for us grant sorry if, if you could retire at one of the places you've shot where would it be okay oh no sorry indonesia what am i saying I don't know. It could be worldwide. It doesn't have to be Australia. That's what I'm <laughs> glad you qualified, yeah. no, because since at the moment all I've mentioned is overseas. So if it was overseas, it'd be Italy. Okay. Sure. That the was Amalfi a whole, Coast. Different, whole different style. Actually, no, Rome. I just fell oh, in love okay. with Rome. It was so beautiful and ugly at the same time and filthy yeah. and crowded and chaotic. And old and the food, everything, so mm. good. But in Australia, South Coast, yeah, yeah, the beaches down there. There's a lot of exploring to be done down there. Absolutely, I might retire to a camper van. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Am I cheating? 
mine is Australia is definitely Queensland because that's where I'm moving. So yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would like to early head somewhere around there. Yeah, and you think Vaz would be uh, retiring in Tassie? Uh, I think could she could be yes. They've put a lot of work renovating their home down there. So yeah, she's still got cool. a foot in Cronulla, though. Yeah. Yeah, she's still got a place in Cronulla. So yeah, all the kids are up here. Nice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. As long as there's seagulls here, I think Baz will be ha happy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Always for the birds. She's in Cradle Mountain just the other day too. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Snow down there. So very versatile, our Vaz. Mm, mm. What's your most memorable photography experience? I I went to the Cook Islands to um to for three weeks to actually learn my underwater photography. Nice. And learn the split landscapes and everything with with another photographer. And it's just yeah, it's just perfect location to learn underwater the water's warm like that turquoise color isn't faked in actual fact you'd have to take the saturation down rather than up <laughs> um, yeah so for me yeah cook islands i've got a photography day that was almost my perfect photography day mm. i think four of us decided to go to curly north curly on a big wave day and it was absolutely freaking fabulous it was amazing and they were laughing and we were getting soaked and we were pulling each other up and it was just so much fun and then somebody said oh did you know about this and uh, after we did the big cave day we oh, sorry the big <laughs> the big wave day we went searching in caves and this was actually a mother's day i was supposed to be meeting my kids for lunch and i rang them up <laughs> later i'm going later and we just kept on exploring places that i hadn't been before and and, and it was it was just left a field enough to be really exciting the whole time and just, nice. it was just yeah. a, a spectacular day of everyone just rolling off each other and had just the right level of adventure and excitement for me and i really enjoyed that day <laughs> it's yeah, my favorite see. mother's day and i didn't get to see my kids in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it because I knew that you know, I kept saying, Oh, I might be a bit later, I might be a bit later. Okay, we can't cancel. Just having too much fun, and it was really like it was really scrambling around the place to get, yeah. And you know, it was just, I think that's hilarious. It was the best, it's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was good too and that didn't continue then and then i don't know what happened that we all went away for about two hours and came back and then went up to stockholm so it was a 24-hour photography day um wow. uh, stockton stockholm i was gonna say stockholm <laughs> that's a fair well, hike it was a it was an impromptu 24-hour photography day and none of it was planned besides being there at south north curly for a big wave day it was fantastic that's great I don't think I have a single photography day, but I know that when I go somewhere that I've seen in photos mm. and I get to photograph that thing, how blown away I am by that. So starting small, I love that fairy bower pool at Manly. Yeah, yeah. So many photos of it. And when I first saw it, it was like seeing, meeting someone famous. Yeah. Yes. So starting small, and then over in Italy, when I walked into St Peter's Square, and you've seen so many photos, it was all almost emotional 
Actually, it mm. was emotional going, oh, oh, and the statue of David, when I saw the statue of David for the first time. Yeah. And I've got, I must have a hundred photos of that statue and I can't bear to delete a single one. <laughs> so that for me is photography, famous places and seeing them for the first time. Probably one of the ones I really do want to see is down on South Australia, the the, the southern drive down there where you see the apostles and everything. Yeah, the Great Ocean um, Road. That's yeah. going to be incredible for the first time. So, yeah, they're my, that's yeah, my fantastic. photography moments. We've talked about the good times. What about horror stories? <laughs> I don't have any real horror stories. I've got hoodoo spots. Like okay. For some reason, I can't get a decent shot from life of me if I shoot the opera house at sunrise or the city, basically, anywhere from the city at sunrise. Yeah. I just was like, I'm not going to post that. <laughs> <laughs> you've got high thing standards. House ever. What was that? I said you've got high standards. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he has got very high standards. I am very picky. If you saw the amount of photos that I take that everyone goes, oh, they're amazing. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> that never make it anywhere. <laughs> Those days when you're down at the beach and you get hit by a wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not getting wet, you're not doing it right. Isn't that the word? Yeah. In winter. Ooh. My horror stories are probably my own clums- clumsiness or inattentivity. I'm not very good at it. What about that time you, you went recently? Jet fell oh. down a hole or something when you were hiking. <sighs> Up to your chest. Oh, actually, yeah. I, I, th- this is actually, actually, it was the first time I actually met another photographer that I didn't already know. Uh, no, an Instagram person. And I was on my way up yep. to see my family on the coast, and I had been DMing with this person, and then we were going to go to Summers be together. And I hadn't met them, a, a bloke, hadn't met them. And I said to my family, "Look, I'll be out. I'll be off the road for a little while, and there's no internet there. Don't freak out. I'm going into the bush with a stranger. I actually said, yeah, yeah, strange man. I said, said, I'm meeting this person I haven't met before, going into the bush with a stranger. I don't know when to be back. (laughs) What are you doing, Carl? We have all done that, but to the untrained eye, that seems a little bit um, bizarre. That sounds Um, a bit Wolf Creek. It sounds a bit Wolf Creek. And and now it's one of my favourite things to do, just go find stuff. But anyway, and I fell down Summersby. They've got those perfectly round. Yeah, so I'm walking down and I walked into one of those holes. So I'm, oh, no. I sort of went down, put my camera up, and I'm like this in like this deep water in this hole. It was all like this. And the photographer I was with just goes, Oh my goodness, it is. And I went down uh, a rope. I, my, my, this is in one shoot. I didn't pay attention to my tripod when I came down the rope and put my tripod down, and mm. boom, over it went, lost the lens. It was just a, it was actually, I really enjoyed that day. <laughs> I have one other, Cloudy Bay in Tasmania, when Carmel and I are just going for a bit of a wander, she already knows now, we're going for a bit of a wander and we're walking around the bay and there's all these rocks and a bit of moss and I was you know, saying to Carmel, be careful, it's slippery, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm the one who has to usually be careful, yeah. yes. And then, and then we got to a point, oh, we can't go any further, turn back and walk back. And then we're walking and then all of a sudden I just slip. And I fall backwards and I start sliding down like this mossy part. But if I hadn't, yeah. And if I hadn't stopped, I probably would have crashed into the rocks. But uh, luckily, I managed to find a tuft of grass to hold on to to stop it. And then I'm holding my camera though. My camera's protected. And I'm like going to come and going, quick, take a photo. She's like, you okay? Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Every photographer's. Instinct is 
nothing to the camera's fine. It's yeah. okay. We've projected our save, camera. Save the camera. I don't care if I break a leg. Save the camera. <laughs> Sorry. I did never say that to a doctor. I actually feel sore a couple of times. Oh, my God, I sprained my ankle too. Yeah. That's right. I did sprain my ankle. Also, it was a lightning shot. I'd actually just gotten into photography. There was lightning going off crazy off the eastern suburbs. I was rushing down to Clavelli to get a shot, and I didn't realise and like this is my local area, I, did, I forgot that the step off the footpath and onto those rocks is quite high. And I was so focused yep. with my camera, et cetera, that I just, I stumbled, tripped and ended up spraining my ankle. And That's wow. actually broken mm. foot too. Yeah. It got smashed by the wave at Bronte and it broke her ankle. Wow. So she was in a boot for months. Yeah. And she, she's a lot more cautious now. Yeah. She yeah. knows big waves can come Actually, I think I remember seeing her at an Instamate with the boot on. Possibly. Yeah. That would have been in the early days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she broke her ankle. She got smashed up against, I don't know if it yeah. was further back from the toilets. It was those circular yeah. big gardens with the... Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. So it was really big. That would have been huge, that got, wave, yeah. You wouldn't have thought you'd get hit by a wave there, but she did, she, and she got smashed up against the brick wall. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be careful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> And the ocean is unpredictable, as we all know. Very much so. Fisherman. Yeah, I reckon so. Didn't one fall off at Diamond Bay Head or something? Some Instagrammer? I think there's been a few. There's been ones whale watching and Instagramming and, yep. and falling off things all over the place. I Yeah, I always get a kick, as I think every photographer does, so rock fishermen should wear life jackets, but... <laughs> so they haven't mentioned us yet. <laughs> yeah, they never mentioned photographers. I, been- I, I use a pair of uh, rock rock fishing neoprene booties to, for, for grip. I if, heard you in another um, podcast. If I'm venturing today, out, yeah. there's times where I stay clear of the water, particularly winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I've, I've become a little bit more averse in winter. Mm. Got softer with COVID, I think. Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. I do have my new wetsuit. So aside from getting wet, what's the practice of photography taught you uh, about the world? Um, I do a little bit of street and portrait just photography, and that was really just to push myself out of my comfort zone. And uh, people are just so nice. They're just so willing to help you. If you ask them for something, a photograph, they will so often say yes very rarely do I get a knock back they might you can see their face drop where they're trying to think what the hell am I doing here but but everyone's instinct is to automatically help and I I, it actually photography I think reminds me so much whether it be within our own community and how sharing and how welcoming and how accepting everybody is of each other and yeah so I know it's our philosophy but it it seems to be the philosophy out there as well. and But, yeah, the general public too. People are just nice. People are nice. And I, I, photography reminds me of that. And if I ever feel a little down, I will go and take photos of people yeah. and just watch their interactions. And, yeah, so I think photography is a bit of a, a touchstone people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me as well, I think I find it fascinating that, with all the nature photographers, how so many of them are also more and more photography they do, the more environmental activism. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So the more, yeah, the they just notice the impact that they have on the locations that they photograph and even just it brings attention to those areas that are being overlogged and all those sorts of things and that environmental activism, those places that you used to love that you could go photograph and 
they'd go back two years later and you can't photograph them anymore because they're, they're basically yeah, they're being trashed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I do find that I know photographers who have actually now done environmental science degrees and those sorts of things and are tying their photography to um, the environment um, a lot more heavily. Yeah. I think it does it does affect you in that way, makes you more environmentally considerate because I know how angry it makes me now, whereas 10 years ago it might not have, I might have been angry, but not as angry as I am now. Mm. For example, I don't know, a month or so ago, I was on the rocks at Shelley Beach and a fisherman had been there and had left his plastic bags and empty prawn bags and cut off fishing wire on the rocks. And I was furious about it. I really almost spoiled my morning. Mm. Yeah, I guess you get more angry about that stuff when you're out amongst it and you realise the damage it does. Yeah, And how definitely. inconsiderate some people can be, mm. like thoughtless. Yeah. Mm. So even though they're mostly nice, there's some real thoughtless people out there. Yeah, and just, trying to put yeah. that nicely. Yeah, they don't care. I want to say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, take three for the sea. You're a lot more, even five or six years ago, you would go down to the beach, you'd see some rubbish, and you just, there's rubbish and just keep going. Whereas now yeah. you're like, you see, you're like, yeah, you pick, it up. pick that up, pick that up. Okay, put that in the camera bag and when yeah, I find yeah, it, yeah. I'll throw that yeah. in because you're like, otherwise yeah. it's going to make it into the sewage or it's going to make it back into the ocean. And, and you, know, you would also see almost most photographers will pick up other people's rubbish yeah. too. Yeah, we are, we're definitely in a weird group as far as that's concerned. If nothing else, just to get it out of their shot. Exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> it, yeah. There's no other motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you do if you hit a creative wall? Have you ever come to that point where you're just not inspired, you can't get a composition or you just it's just not working for you? How do you deal with it? I personally just look at other people's stuff. Okay. And just keep looking at other people's stuff for inspiration or just to keep my finger in the pot, I suppose. Mm. That's what I do. And then... Yeah, then try to arrange something with friends so that it forces you out again. Come, think, were we just saying yeah. at breakfast that we, if we don't make an appointment with each other for sunrise, we're often can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. So yeah. that's the type of thing. So, yeah, we've got to um, make an appointment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think COVID really smashed everyone's patterns a lot and, yeah. and an awful lot of people. Are having trouble getting that that pre-COVID motivation levels. I'm, I, 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 it's rare that I come across somebody who who hasn't noticed that impact, and it's long term. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's more photographic evolution. I really okay. got into photography five years ago. And I'll go through phases where I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, geez, that's horrible. Or I, I take something and I'm like, that's just not quite where I want it to be. And so, yeah, and so then I get myself into that sort of lacking inspiration and those sorts of things and I'll either try okay I'm just going to put that to the side for a little while I might flick to some whole new genre and just try that out for a while I'm a bit obsessed with ICM at the moment and otherwise I guess what the other two say which is yeah you book in some time with like your friends and go let's just go out shooting almost yeah. take the pressure off yourself for a while going it's just I'm you fun. do this you do this for fun you do this yeah. as part of an enjoyment so just go out and have some fun shooting and yeah you know, sometimes they just pull you out of the the yeah. Doldrums. yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Mm. <laughs> For me, yeah, I think 
for me, if I'm feeling uh, without it, I know I need to push a boundary in some way. And that often will mean, funnily enough for me, I might have to plan. That's probably that. <laughs> and not just let things happen. But be a bit more deliberate is whether it be meeting, saying, okay, look, I'm not waiting for something to come to me, going and getting it. Whether it be a shot I really want to do or finding the time or yeah, finding yeah. the time, I think is a big one. Your life evolves. Your life is constantly changing. And, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to hang on to the things that, make your life better like photography absolutely and I, I don't think even if you're in the for for me anyway if, if I'm in the motivational doldrums it's not because I ever think that photography won't do it for me it's because just other things have taken over and um, yeah right you know, you, you, for me it's a little bit of a core of me I think it's there I know where I can center myself I know um how much I get from it so it's never I ne- always know that it doesn't matter if I get the photo. If I get out there and shoot, then I, I will be, I, it's good for me and I'll be better. Yeah, I've yeah. forgotten my train of thought, to be honest. <laughs> As we say, you never, if you get out for sunrise, you never regret getting out never for sunrise. Regret. But no, you can regret not getting out for a sunrise. Yeah. But you say, so fine go out and get yeah. it. Yeah. You never lose how important, it, for me, I never lose how important it is. Yeah. But other things just take over sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, definitely. we can't always do exactly what we want. We give it a go. <laughs> what do you see as being the biggest challenge facing photography at the moment? Oh, come on. We all know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and videos. Still photography, videos and reels and stuff like that, I think is... The challenge. I'll put it down to the algorithms that we do need. I would love to have a platform that that really still celebrated the photographer. Yeah. Um, and we, you didn't have to just keep on playing to somebody else's. Yeah. I guess there are platforms out there, but none of them. For me, Instagram has always been simple to use. Yeah. Yep. It's easy to like and comment. It's easy to like and comment. They've never removed that simplicity. Yeah. Um, but they've destroyed it with their algorithm, obviously. So you have to you have to change with it if you want to keep getting that reach. We're definitely with the clubs. Our people starting to follow has definitely dropped down. So we've got to do something to try and change that. So that's the challenge is always... Um, yeah, we've got to keep evolving to keep yeah, up. With that. Yeah. If we want to stay current, I think the reels, the videos are the biggest problem. Yeah, and Instagram, primary TikTok is yeah, opportunity because yeah. I do a lot of reels. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opportunity. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and it is because we were actually, we were talking about this at breakfast as well, that and even uh, Mosseri, which I've probably said his surname completely wrong, but everyone who knows the CEO, Instagram who follows Mosseri, even today, uh, his Friday session was talking about the focus is more on reach versus followers. You yeah. know, so all yeah. of those like things like hubs and clubs that count on numbers of followers etc is a complete change of mindset away from it's not about the number of followers that you have it's the amount of reach that you get and if you're in photos then you're constraining your hub to only really predominantly existing followers versus reach to a broader audience yeah so yeah Yeah. that that change 
but in relation to your original question which i think was the biggest know, challenge yeah yeah for photography i think for professional photographers the biggest challenge is the availability of photography to the amateur <laughs> people don't value a professional photographer's photo as much anymore absolutely because they yeah. can do it themselves so yep. I think that's the biggest challenge for a um, professional photographer. For us amateurs, I guess the challenge would be not stagnating and mm. continually growing where it's easier for us than a professional photographer because we don't have the financial constraints hanging over our head, but yeah, making sure you don't stagnate and stay the same and go to exactly that same rock pool every weekend and take the same photos every weekend. Yeah, yeah. For me personally, that's probably the biggest challenge. But yeah. I'm still going to mention AI. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I, I think yes, we should yeah. talk about it. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if any of you have seen the new feature that's in beta Photoshop about the... It. Yeah, the generative generative fill. fill. I, I had a play around with that time. the other day and got some hilarious results. I did. I tried a blank image and just typed in some words to see what it would do to generate. Yeah. It really doesn't do people well at all. Do you um, have to describe the person? No, I did. Show me a person speaking in an event. And it had this person and they had a microphone in their hand. The shape of the person was mostly okay. But their eyes were like chameleon eyes. They were all pointed in different directions. And it just it that. just looked bizarre. And their teeth and mouth was just all wonky. It doesn't do things like that real well. The other thing, if you want it to do detail in a foreground, it's not great at that. There are some things that it is really good at. If you want to add a bunch of flock of birds flying through or change your sky to a from a, a sunny day to a, a nighttime scene and that sort of thing it's good at that yeah like I find it interesting because I think it's it's for me and I think a lot of the competitions are talking about it now like creating a new genre because I feel that I do know there are certain parts of the industry that will be challenged by AI they talk a lot about obviously in that commercial space etc especially things Definitely, like genre. Yeah your promotional type shots and those sorts of things where people can just type in, show me a Nike, blah, 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 with this on the background and there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, I think from a creative space, I think for me it's actually just another piece of the creative space. Like, you do, you've seen some of the stuff coming out of mid-journey and that sort of thing and some of it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's the challenge around, yeah, balance that beautiful, authentic imagery that people are capturing in real life versus... It's true. It's true, journey. In photography and and without and outside of photography and when where that truth line is important and where it's not. Yeah, being able, to, I think that's one of the biggest challenges for journalism in particular is being able to determine what's true, what's not. Because if you can generate somebody meeting somebody that shouldn't be meeting, mm. they they shouldn't be meeting with, or putting in photos as evidence of somebody doing something and you can basically make pretty much anybody you want that's mm -hmm. got a reasonable profile and if you don't even if you've just got a photo of them you can feed that to the algorithm and it will spit out something and you can have somebody doing pretty much anything you want
Um, it's quite scary. Like in the US recently, there was a senator that did a speech on the floor mm. and it was about chat GPT and AI. And he sat there while it, it, it's, there was a spiel that he was talking about and sat and listened to it. And then afterwards he goes, I didn't write that and nor did I say that. Mm. But GPT wrote it and it took my speeches from previous speeches and used my voice to say that statement. So none of that was actually me. Wow. Yeah. The speech and then I took and then it took my voice and it gave it. That's I've never said scary. those words. I think I, yeah, so it's exactly the same issues that are facing like the world about mm. AI face creative people about AI and that is having a trust in the truth and how we establish what truth is and we know the laws are going to wait be way beyond the the technology way behind the technology. So that we just don't have the capacity to be ahead of that. And it might seem like it's not important in a photo, but it really does speak to how we value our artists and the things that feed our souls. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's important to have rules in place because there are bigger pictures involved, whether it be somebody's job or you know, we just have to really, in the world, understand what truth is within a photograph or, or anywhere else. And the pace it can spread. So if someone creates a... Yeah, a photo, they mock it up so it looks like something serious has occurred, etc. And before there's even a chance for people to say it's fake, mm. it's already spread. So that's it's it. a place yeah. for the community again here because quite often with these moral issues, it's the community that leads the charge. But even in photography, I had no problems with using this as a tool or a creative thing, but I think it is actually quite important to for us as a community to police that, not police, we're... I don't know what the word is, moderate, thank you, that we are stating when it's a truth and when it's not. And when I say truth, something that's made, and we, we all know that we all play around with what's yeah. real and what's not anyway. But, yeah, we really do have to establish some photography rules, shall we say, within our own community before it's too late because, yeah, we, truth, mm. truth's important. It is because yeah. even when you see images, even like the, the photos that you see today, we of, of, often talk about, how edited it is and is it a composite and those sorts of things. Like it's more completely happy if it's a composite. That's we just right. prefer if someone told us it was a composite. Yeah. Yeah. So be be honest you, about it and say, yeah, don't make know, it be up front. Just one yeah. Image. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you didn't really get that Milky Way off that particular location, you took that Milky Way photo on one day and you took that the other day, we're fine for it to be a composite. It might be an absolutely gorgeous shot and we wish that actually the stars aligned and that's the way it looked, but we just yeah. know it was a composite. Yeah. 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 I think we do have a place in our photography community to do that, to just at least encourage truth and not shame. If you're using the tool, that's the way you encourage it, isn't it? You don't shame anyone for using it. It's okay. Absolutely. Just let us, just let us know. Yeah, it's choice. just creative choice. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so I think we can definitely do it by not shaming people and creating a space where they can say, yeah, this is this has been played with. Mm -hmm. I think one of the other things, and there's a bit of a debate going on at the moment in New South Wales around whether or not it's in public schools or allowed in public schools and that sort of thing, to me, one of the key things is educating our kids about how they can be used, how they can be misused and so forth. So yeah. banning it outright, I don't think is the right approach. I think yeah. for me... that's quite GPT right at the moment, right? Where yeah, it's, that's exactly schools, it. Yeah. The private schools are allowing it. They're like, are we creating another well, divide? 
Exactly. A, you will create that divide, but also you're leaving a gap in their education about how they, how those things, exactly. how those tools can benefit people, Absolutely. but also how they can harm people and yeah. making sure that people are educated about that because the, yeah. the lack of education on anything that we've got going on in the world is going to be a problem because people will think one thing when the opposite is actually the, the yeah, ethics in technology exactly i think they all need to be taught that it exists once again it's like the old the calculator and things will change Mm. and there's no use banning something because that's just not the real world ostrich head in the sand to teach and i'm not exactly sure how there's an opportunity there to teach how to get to the root of what is true too rather than saying just we can't do it let's just turn our head hey this is here how would you find out if this was you were presented with this information? How would you find out if that was true? And that's what this generation needs to, they've got to be growing up with that information where we just had our references down the bottom of our essay or something like that. <laughs> uh, but they have to have an equivalent, yeah. of, uh, the technological equivalent of understanding where their source material comes from. But yep. Even the advent of the internet is kind of like banning Google because I remember when I went through high school, I had to go to either the Funk and Wagnalls or the Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica or one of those and find the right volume and then find the article and then yeah. type out what I'd learnt from that. And now you can just, prior to things like chat GTP, you could just type in a search term and find out a whole raft of articles, including the Encyclopedia Britannica online and all those sorts of things. And there's things like Google Scholar, which actually give you the peer-reviewed articles on scientific developments and so forth. You can do all of that now, and it takes half a half an hour maybe to compile what it is that you want to, your, your reference materials that you're mm-hmm. going to write your essay on. But even that's a challenge, right? So, yeah, I use Google Scholar. I used to use it all the time, obviously, for all of my uh, my degree activities. But the thing about the printed book, obviously, is that you had editors and they had to fact check and, and exactly. everything had to be done that. Whereas everything on the internet, unless you're using something like Google Scholar or all very official sites, there's still you're just assuming that what they've written is true. Is, is true, correct. yeah. That's which is where check. the which is where some of the problems with things like chat gtp come from because it's going to take all stuff on the internet and then give you a response based on what it finds and there might be thousands more articles which are either incorrect completely or just false or deliberately trying to be incorrect mislead people and they that may outweigh in the algorithm the ones which actually carry the truthful information and that that in itself is one of the problems that you've got to teach kids about is okay you can't rely on this thing because of its references right you can't rely on it to be the be all and end all of what you end up with in in your still with the individual somehow and and, but yeah where you put your faith and truth again absolutely gpt um, will have hidden biases they're already talking about it and absolutely. then you can just take it going just look at the the troll farms 
let's just say they turn their mind to rather than just talking about your tweets and all that sort of stuff, let's yeah. say that they change that and turn that into actual websites and just pumping in a lot of false data, then your chat GPT is likely to actually have even more biased information Correct. because that yeah. volumes that they're using increases exponentially and becomes higher rated. Mm. But it's just, I know I've gone completely off the topic of photography. That's fine. It's definitely relatable. And, and, and yeah, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not better, it's worse, it, or new. It's just new, and we've got to. This technology I has think we've got always to find, ahead of the thinking and the rules. All yeah, the time we've got to find our way through. Same, up, same as when know? photography came around, you know, people have got to find a way through, work out how it, how it works, and how they can make it work for them. And again, yeah. straight mirrorless. to mirrorless. The four frames to mirrorless. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And at the schools, they are actually teaching the next generation we don't even know what those problems are going to be yet so it's stupid bad absolutely now they're the ones that are going to be dealing with it you know that that is just a ridiculous response from people who yeah. don't know what to do with, you know the new information our yeah. generation that might not know what to do with the new information yeah. but, but putting the finger in a hole and no. just hope the wall doesn't burst so <laughs> yeah as far as like photography goes i'm all for if you're going to go in and do a competition having a separate category or something and even Judging over overall winner would be still okay with me as long as I was categorised. So truth still became important. Yeah, yeah. Or at least acknowledged as truth. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> I've got a, a couple more questions for you. The the one I'd like to ask is: What tips would you have for somebody that wants to start out in landscape photography? But also, how would one of the the clubs help them in exploring their start out in landscape photography when people send dms asking how do we get featured here we <laughs> encourage them to use the hashtags of course yep. but the thing that uh, we do encourage them to do is to follow the clubs and also follow the photographers who are using like follow the hashtag Excuse yeah. me, follow the hashtag and then they see the other work of the photographers and that can help them with their photography journey. I know that helped me open my eyes completely to how they do things and that ranges from some photographers put their camera settings, the gear they're using, through to just seeing the different editing techniques, the locations, there's just so much information there just following the clubs and the hashtags that we use. So, and following the photographers who have either been featured or are just using the hashtags. And yeah, it's a great yeah. way for them to get involved in the community. Then they can approach other photographers and learn from them. So that's my two cents worth. I don't know. Fantastic. What I agree. That's exactly what we're, yeah. doing. we're about. We're about the reason we're there is to feature the photographers and to build that connection and and, and it's, it's actually a great resource for someone starting out an absolutely fabulous one yeah. just have a look what's there click on the link to the photographer if you like what you follow them just be inspired what's there it's it's, it's almost like a cheat sheet there definitely <laughs> you know, definitely yeah defining what you like and being inspired yeah 
Otherwise, it's just the usual get out and shoot. Even if you're on auto and you've got your first camera, as I said, as I said at the beginning, that when I first started, my camera's capability far exceeded my own. And now I've got three things, I think, left in my camera. I'm like, I'm just going to explore those just so I know every single little last little thing for my camera now. But just get out and shoot, start on auto, meet fellow photographers. Yes, there are the few that are a bit off-putting or may not want to chat to you, but most photographers love to share. Once again, in our community and we go out in our Insta meets, if you wander on up to somebody go, oh, how did you do that or how do you make that happen? People stop and explain. I'm more than happy to share any information. If someone asks me a question, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did this and I did that or what I recommend. So ask questions. People are really happy to to have their time and spend it with you. But, yeah, for me, for us, it's not about being competitive. We're not trying to hold information that people shouldn't know, et cetera. So don't don't do what I do. Ask away. (laughs) We've all made mistakes. We've all made we all know you take a couple of hundred photos and you might get one that you like, you know, so you just got to get out there. Only a couple of hundred. Mine, mine's more like eight, eight or nine hundred. <laughs> I was being polite. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good question. Ask when you come home from a shoot, how many are you looking at? What, yeah, it it, okay. it depends on where I am and what I'm doing, but yeah, you know, I've I've come home from a, a a beach shoot, for example, with something like eight or nine hundred, and oh, a little bit different when I'm taking bracketed exposures. So I might be oh, multiplying yeah. one one composition. I might be multiplying by fifteen yep. or twenty shots yep. Yep. of the one composition, but all different light settings. Do you rate your day by how many photos you've taken? <laughs> No, I don't. I, I, to, to be honest, other than this space, I don't care about any photos. I no? <laughs> I, I just find it interesting when I go home and, like, download, okay, there's 450, there's very rarely less, like oh. 100 or 200 would be. Is that Yeah, I, I just find that an interesting little marker on how, how it's been. For me, yeah, for me, it depends because, yeah, if I'm doing something that surf photography and you might have your your continuous on or something. Yeah. yeah, and then you'll obviously end up with a lot more. Whereas yeah, yeah. Do... during surf shots, yeah, it's easy, two or 3,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So did I bring my spare cards? I've got my spare cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, because I only use it sparingly because there's nothing worse than coming back and having thousands of photos to trawl through. So I'm yeah. usually like just reducing. They're the almost shots. exactly the same. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't bring yourself to delete any of them. <laughs> that one might it's be the one. Annoying and exciting because it means that I've thought like every second has been different and interesting as well. But it's also it's a lot of work at the other end. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for that. I've got one more question, and for most people, it's the most important and divisive question that I, uh, I ask. <laughs> Do you like pineapple on pizza? Yes. <laughs> I'm like an extra pineapple, and my argument is always tomatoes are fruit as well, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I tend not to order ones with, with, with pineapple. However, I will never take it off if, if, it, if it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a little bit of a juicy surprise. <laughs> oh, what about it's you, been... Brad? Oh, me? I'm fairly neutral. If it's on, I won't take it off. But if it's not on, it doesn't bother me. And I don't order it normally. Oh, I get it added to any type of pizza. All right, Grant, we'll have a pizza party, I reckon. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) And next sunset, we'll have to have a pizza joint. That's a great idea. (laughs) We need to have an instant meet near a pizza place. 
That's yeah, it. we do. Absolutely. This is purely research, Grant. Purely Absolutely. Research. <laughs> <laughs> find find out who's on board and who's not. <laughs> oh, um, good. Thank you very much, Grant. Thank you very much as well. It's been absolutely wonderful having a chat with all of you and getting to to know you all a little bit better. Where can people find the Sunrise and Sunset Club and I guess your own Insta handles? Oh, okay. The Sydney Sunrise Club is Sydney underscore Sunrise underscore Club. And the Sunset Club's the same, Sydney underscore Sunset underscore Club. I'm Kazmaz62. Yep. <laughs> and I'm Beautiful Interruptions. But it's technically it's Beautiful Dot Interruptions, but I've weirdly had people write the word dot. <laughs> the dot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm highly unimaginative on Carmel. Dot Montgomery. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, ladies. It's been wonderful talking to you. Oh, and Faz is. Oh, yes, Faz. Can't forget her. Yes, Faz. <laughs> Faz Harris, isn't she? Faz Harris. Just double check. Is there any underscores or dots? I don't think so. I think it's all together. Hang on. Yes, it's Faz Harris uh, all together. Brilliant. All right. Thank, thanks very much. Thanks, Grant. soon. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.